you're listening to the Chasing Tales Outdoor Podcast, where when you can't be in the outdoors, we bring it to you. Alright guys, I am on the phone with a, a freaking legend, a dude who who has never ever in his life understood the, the concept of, of tag soup. The man just waxes stacks every year. He's a constant contributor to the podcast and Patreon member, Parker McDonald. Dude, what is going on? Hey, Walt. How's it going, buddy? Uh, you know, it, it's going good. It's, it's it's not 90 anymore. We're down in the 80s, so that's an improvement. I'd ask you how you're doing, but uh, dude, you, you've had a, a stellar year again this year thus far. Yeah, it's been pretty good. It's uh, it, it's it's had its ups and downs for, for sure. Uh, I've been hunting now since the beginning of or the end of August, and uh, those first those first couple months, those early season hunts that I did out of state were pretty rough. But um, ever since Alabama season started, it's been it's been great. It's been really good. That's awesome, man. So as you guys can tell, Chase is not on this recording. Uh, this time Chase is in Iowa. The original goal was to get you guys a bunch of little mini updates. Um, but unfortunately Iowa doesn't believe in cell phone coverage, um, which I think is a good thing. It may explain the lack of hunters out there, Parker. Um, but, uh, we, we, we've got a, a partner we work with this podcast that you also work with. So why don't you help me out with the intro? Yeah, I'm all, I'm all <laughs> on board for that. I, we actually... No, I was going to say, like, there's actually a couple of the same products that me and you use that we could just push right now. But <laughs> Let's do it. Let's put, put, push all of them. Let's send them. You start. I'm not going to do your ad for your own podcast. <laughs> okay, all right. I'll, I'll start with the one you can't do because it would just be weird. I want to thank the Patreon subscribers, one of which is Parker. Uh, Parker can uh, attest to the fun that we have in our little Marco Polo group. It's a crowdfunding source that we use to support the podcast, to go to Iowa, to buy camera gear, and bring you new and exciting content. Go ahead, Parker. Well, I was going to say with your with your Patreon group, the only reason I'm a pa- like a patron of Chasing Tales is because I'm trying to convince those guys to come over <laughs> when I start my own Patreon on Southern Ground. I'll get those guys and be like, hey, why don't you just move over here since we know each other, you know? But no, those are those are <laughs> seriously some really good guys in that group. And uh, man, y'all go hard on Marco Polo. Yes, Let we me did. Tell you. Yes, we did. Like, I probably have right now. I looked at it what yesterday, probably, and I probably have like 150 missed Marcos from Jason Tales Patreon. Marco Polo, because <laughs> they just keep going, man. Yeah. They keep going. It sounds it sounds a little daunting, and I guess it could be if you didn't keep up with it on a daily basis. But it's a it's a really fun little community that we've built there, where everybody's rooting everybody on. We if you if you you know you're trying to get permission to hunt a piece of property, people have asked the group like, "What should I say?" Or if you know you're hunting a tough spot and you don't know quite what the next move is, you can ask advice in the group. And uh, dude, we cover everything from bow tuning, arrow builds. I mean, hunting access, food plots. I mean, everything is fair game in there. And we have a good time doing it, so it's 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 awesome. I'm glad you're there, and we will absolutely push as many of those people over towards you once you kick yours off. When's that going to happen? I don't know. I've, I've actually started an account. <laughs> I, I don't want to. <laughs> well, when it does happen, we'll push them your way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we both hunt out of a saddle, though. What what are you what are you rocking, man? All right, listen. So uh, I have now killed four deer out of my tethered phantom saddle uh, this season. And I feel I killed four deer, shot uh, let's see six arrows I guess. Wow. Um, I killed a coyote at the end of the season last year out of my phantom. Killed a fox out of my phantom on an all day sit. 
Um, so there's been a, a, several critters that have died out of that phantom, but let me tell you something. That thing is awesome. Like, <laughs> uh, somebody was posting today about, uh, on one of the saddle hunting pages about doing all day sits. Mm-hmm. What's what saddle are you using for an all day sit? And I would not hesitate to suggest to somebody to sit all day in a tethered phantom. Like if you've got that plus your predator platform, like there's no reason I, I said all day a couple of weeks ago because I had a buck bed down a few yards out of range and he bedded there all day long. And I sat there all day long trying to wait on him to get up. And uh, unfortunately, I never killed him, but I sat all day on not a rut day. So it was pretty slow and it was just awesome, man. I mean, it's comfortable. Uh, it's I really for me, it's a lot more fun to sit in a saddle than it is a tree stand because you you can kind of move your legs around. You can adjust yourself a little bit easier it's just it's just awesome i would tell everybody to go out and buy a tethered phantom if they're interested in saddle hunting um if they're doing the public land thing you just you just can't go wrong no you really can't it's awesome and when it comes to public land and access we're both actually you me and chase will all be rocking new canoe products we all rock different ones though for different purposes I've got the new canoe flint that I'm going to be rigging. In fact, kayaks and water access is going to be the topic of this podcast here today. Um, and I, we're going to pick Parker's brain, but I'm curious for everybody who's listening right now, what new canoe do you rock? Yeah, I'm using the F12, the Frontier 12. So it's a 12-foot, um, I don't know, if you, I guess you call it a kayak. It's, it's basically a hybrid kayak, really. Um, it's, uh, it's super stinking stable. It's got tons of space. My favorite thing, though, about really all of the all of the new canoe boats but specifically the frontiers is their open deck space is like you can literally customize it however you want um from the front to the back i mean it's basically just open you can adjust your seat position which is amazing especially when you're when you got a deer in there you can adjust your seat position um you can it uses a gear track a gear track system so you can put Anything that has those little track mounts, you can put on there. I, I put uh, a bow and gun mount on the front. Um, I got a, a, a 2.5 horsepower Yamaha motor that I use, and that's awesome. I mean, especially if you're on big water where you have the ability to use a motor, dude, it, it makes a huge difference going seven or eight miles an hour compared to, you know, one or two miles an hour paddling especially like in the mornings, early in the morning when you're, uh, you know, let's yeah. say, well, for me, part of the, part of the reason I did that is because I have so many spots that I wanted to go to that were four five and six miles away. Mm-hmm. And the reality is if you're trying to go in for a, just a morning hunt, if you just got one day, it's hard to just justify paddling that far for one day. You oh, know, yeah. if you're, it's different if you're camping and, You've got three or four days to hunt, and you're going to go camp out there or whatever. Um, that's doable, but when you're talking about you know, just a morning hunt or something, you you want you want to be able to get in those areas as quickly and effectively as possible. And the purist in me does not want to use a motor all the time, but the the deer hunter, the guy that wants to be effective, has definitely benefited from using that motor. So uh, I use that, and I, they have a uh, it's like a little. Uh, bracket mount that goes on the back end of the transom it's yep. another good thing about the about the new canoe is they have that square transom so you can put a trolling motor or outboard on it without having to mod anything they pretty much have everything you need 
to be able to do that. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I use with it. Um, I, I think that's pretty much it. I'm, I'm a pretty simple guy when it comes to it. I want to use what it, what is necessary to be able to, you know, kill deer, get there and haul the deer out effectively. So the new canoe is where it's at for me. I, I can't honestly think of one single boat that would even come close to being as good for deer hunting with kayak access as the new canoe. I agree. And if you, if you're a purist and you want to paddle, you can, if you don't want to deal with a motor, because sometimes they give you fits, Parker can attest to that. They also have that new, that new pivot drive system. You can pet, you can pedal to get your power uh, to where you want to go. Or they have that, um, Oh, the name just escapes me. Uh, the, the electric trolling motor in the back that you can steer. I mean, it's, a variety of options there and none of which sacrifice or compromise your deck space. So I, I highly encourage everybody to check them out. We're going to do a video as soon as Chase gets back from Iowa. I'm going to try and find some time to go down there. We're going to unbox our kayaks and we're going to assemble all the knowledge that, that people have given us on how to outfit them. And we're going to do just that. We're going to rig them up and we're going to get them ready. So on so top, is, go ahead. You said something, you said something there. Is Chase getting one as well? Yeah. Both, both of ours got delivered to his house. Heck yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm really excited about it. I'm I'm debating between uh, the the electric, the freshwater electric trolling motor system, or an outboard. So we can we can dive into the pros and cons of the two uh, coming up here in just a second. But the last person that we both work with is the one Chase is probably happiest to have right now in Iowa, <laughs> and that's Scree Gear. You guys, you know, we we've, we just dropped a video on our layering systems, how to build our layering systems, and we utilize the pieces that we've assembled from, from Scree Gear. Uh, Chase is out there dealing with temperatures. Some of the days he got there, it was in the low 40s, upper 60s, and now it's fluctuating between that same temperature range and then highs up into the 70s, and then the, that, the next morning it drops back down, and that's really where, especially Parker probably can even say this from what he's doing, hiking up hills and getting into a kayak and motorboat and back, having a system that adjusts with your output and, 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 and to mitigate your sweat is absolutely amazing. And I think more people in the South would benefit from, from taking a little time and piecing together a system. And if you hear this episode and you want to go check them out, screegear.com, use the promo code ChasingTales, T-A-L-E-S, and it'll save you 15% on your order. I, I couldn't have said it. I couldn't have said it better myself. When you, when you think about, I, I was one of those people who didn't really understand the benefits of Merino right. until I started using it, especially going to places like Kentucky in September. So doing that Kentucky hunt in September, you will find out what you're made of when you're having to hike in, um, you're sweating your butt off in 95 degree temperatures, humidity level, like a million percent it's just absolutely stupid um and so you kind of find out what you're made of but you also find out what your clothes are made of what your what your gear is made of too when you're putting it to the test like that here's what i can tell you um i have not washed my merino since then see okay that is shines exactly my wife i have i have a pair i my because of what i do I tend to get smelly feet a lot because um, my feet will get wet because of the style of the, the, the way that I hunt. Um, we can talk about this in a little bit, too. I've recently figured out a way to keep oh, that yeah, from happening. That's, that's clever, too. Um, but regardless, when I'm wearing rubber boots that have holes in them and crap like that and getting my feet wet, like they just stink, dude. They stink so bad. Um, I recently got the new Scree Merino socks. 
and I, I wore them out the first day. My feet got soaked, came home, took off my boots, and it didn't. I didn't get hit with that like super terrible smell. And so I took them off, and I went and told my wife, I was like, "Smell these." I made her, I made her think that it was a brand new pair out of the package. And I said, "Smell these." She said, "They smell like socks." I'm like, "Well, those are the same socks that I've been hunting with all day today." And she was like, "Holy cow!" Um, it, I mean, it. Th- there's definitely some comfort and the the moisture wicking and all that kind of stuff, the benefits that come with it. But for me, one of the main things is is like they just don't stink, man. Like they don't get that nasty sour smell, that bo smell that you get when you've been sweating all day. Um, especially in Kentucky, like still, I, I'm seriously still wearing the clothes that I wore in Kentucky after not being washed for, I mean, what's that like three months. Yep. Um, and I mean, don't get me wrong. There are days whenever I just stink Yeah. and you can't, you can't change that. But the clothes, I mean, they, it's awesome. I love Merino. Um, but then when you, when you talk about like my favorite thing from Scree, uh, is the, the hard scrabble set. Uh, I now have the hard scrabble vest that goes with it that's Mm -hmm. been awesome especially for these cold fronts that have kind of come through in uh, mid-october when it's not super cold but 40 and 50 degrees um that but the hard scrabble pants the hard scrabble jacket they're just all so awesome and they i'll tell you this they they withstand a lot of the elements a lot of the crap you put them through oh yeah briars and and all kinds of being wet like all that stuff, it just, they look brand new. I'm sitting here, I'm actually editing, in the middle of editing a video from a buck I killed uh, this week, and I'm sitting here looking at my, my Scree outfit that I'm wearing on the on the computer, and it looks brand new. And I've had it, I mean, I've put it through a lot in the past two, two seasons. So, um, yeah, go check it out. They're awesome. Yeah, they really are. It, it's, it's, it really has, and God, this term, we got to find a new term, Parker. You and I, we're going to figure it out with Adam. We need a different term than game changer. We need we need something. But honestly, it is one of those things that definitely enhances your 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 outdoor experience. I mean, it really is something that makes you a better hunter. It's up there with e-bikes, a good layering system, water access, e-bikes, saddle hunting. I mean, these are just more efficient ways of going about things. And I, I'm I'm really excited uh, to continue to kind of bring people you know that awareness. We're going to do a series of videos on on our layers, how we use them. Um, it, as we hit different environments, we're probably going to give people updates on what we're using. So it's, it's an awesome thing. And, and the thing that we haven't mentioned is that it's affordable. Yeah. That is yeah. perhaps one of the things there's, there's several companies that put out good clothing, you know, I mean, there's, there's good clothing companies out there for hunters. Um, but when it comes to it actually being affordable, that is one thing that Scree does that is far, far beyond what any of these other companies are doing. Um, they're, they've created this system that is effective and affordable, which is a winning combination in my opinion. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's, it's absolutely money. I think the quality is outstanding. I, I bought, I bought Scree gear before I ever, uh, be, began to, to pursue working with them. Awesome people abused it myself. I think you did the same thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I bought, I bought the hard scrabble set, um, out of pocket and cause I wanted to know, you know, before I even, approached anybody or talked to them about anything i wanted to know like is this something that i'm okay with with promoting and uh sure enough i think you've had Locke wheeler on the show a couple times and uh lock is my first he was my first uh um exposure to scree and 
you know, through talking with him, talking with a couple other people, talking with Josh quite a bit, it, it just made a whole lot of sense for us to partner with them because um, not only do they support and value what guys like us are doing, but they're also creating a product that, um, like I said, it's affordable. And the people that are listening to the shows really deserve to know about something like this that they're not going to have to spend an arm, an arm and a leg on, you know. And in the South, we're not experiencing 20-degree temperatures every single day. So it's hard to justify spending thousands and thousands of dollars on a layering system like this when you may not always need it. You may not always need to be super warm. You know, you don't need a a thousand dollar jacket if you're only going to be in the super cold weather for three or four days out of the season. You know, that's right. Um, so anyways, yeah, we can move along with that because <laughs> this ad slot just got really long for three but. That should let people know how much we believe in, in what they're doing. Whenever it's easy to continue to talk about something at length and just keep bouncing back and forth, it's a testament to how easy it is to endorse it. It's a testament to the product. And that's it's the same thing with Saddles. You and I, and, and we're about to do with Kayaks, there are some really good companies out there that we are both fortunate to be uh, you know, associated, affiliated, sponsored by, however you want to you know, label each of those relationships. One of those is New Canoe, and today we are going to talk to you kind of about how you outfit your New Canoe. I don't really want to go down like, you know, picking a New Canoe and stuff like that, because I think just about all the New Canoes that are there, you could use for deer hunting. In fact, I think all of them you could, actually, now that I say that. What I want to know is how have you perfected your system as a mobile deer hunter using a kayak? It's pretty, it's pretty simple but we we don't have to talk about it simply what i wanted to do originally and i I may have talked about this on your podcast before um but what i wanted to do was i wanted to figure out a way to hunt that would one get me away from other people you know alabama is a, a pretty high pressure state um and i think everybody would would say that about their own state but i mean public land is just a popular thing right now and there's a lot of deer hunters, you know, especially uh, when you go to some of these open permit public land areas, which is what I have in the area that I hunt. Um, it's open permit. Anybody can go. It's state law. You can do whatever you want to with it. Um, and I wanted to go into a place where I could challenge myself to be a, a better deer hunter, but also challenge myself, I guess, more mentally than anything. Um let me tell you that the on Halloween morning, the moon was super bright. It was super foggy and it was creepy as heck being out there on the water. But it, what it does is it challenges you. It challenges your, your mental, I guess, uh, toughness, you could call it. And so I wanted to be able to do something that I could do that. There was another reason. And it was, I was on hunting clubs and I wasn't really getting better as a deer hunter going and sitting in a shooting house over greenfield it wasn't making me more effective i shot a couple deer that way but it wasn't anything that was challenging me to be better i wanted to challenge myself to be better and i also wanted to be able to uh be happy for my friends whenever they shot a big deer knowing that what i was doing was pretty freaking difficult to do and um what turned out to happen was i just i started being really successful pretty fast on public land. And so, but I am genuinely more happy for people now 
because I'm not jealous of them knowing that what I'm doing is, is tough. So that was my whole, whole reasoning behind even starting the whole kayak thing um, was just being able to develop those, those areas. And so um, when it, when I first started, I was using a, a, a perception striker. I don't mind throwing the name out there. It was, it was a solid boat. Um, perception but it just didn't have the, kayaks. Yeah. Perception. They do a good job. Um, it was very, very affordable. I want to say I paid like 500 bucks for that boat brand new. I may have paid less than that, honestly, but, um, super affordable kayak. And I actually bought it initially for fishing and just decided to use it for, um, for hunting. And it worked great. Uh, but it did not have the, um, the weight capacity that I desired. It was a little bit sketchy getting a deer out, definitely doable, but nowhere near the new canoe. Um, a couple years, not even that long, probably after my first year of doing the whole, uh, the whole kayak thing, I was, uh, I can't remember exactly how I found out about it, but I just saw something for new canoe and I was like, holy cow, that would be amazing for getting a deer out of the woods. And uh, so I started doing a little bit of research, reached out to new canoe said, Hey, you know, I may be in, interested in this. Would, would there be any chance of uh, working with Southern ground or anything? And they were like, yeah, let's talk. And so ended up um, buying a, a, an F12 frontier 12 for my, let's see. Well, no, actually what happened was when I actually ended up buying one is because I wrecked my other one. I had it, uh, car topped and I went through a parking garage on accident because I forgot my kayak was up there. I went to the parking garage and it just ripped it all up. So I'm like, well, crap, I need to get a new kayak now. I might as well get a new canoe. So I bought this new canoe um, and uh, got to use it for the end of that season and then for turkey season. And what, what I noticed really quick about it was that it basically felt like I had a, a John boat in a small package. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like I can walk around it. Um, I can walk all the way up to the front of it. If you're a fisherman, it's freaking awesome because you can stand up, you can walk, you can set the hook, you can do, you have all kinds of space in it. And, um, and so that was, that was kind of my initial, uh, my first initial impression of it. I didn't get to, uh, get a deer out of it, um, until last season with that big eight point that I killed. I think he was the first deer that I put in the new canoe. And, uh, that was freaking awesome. I mean, that was a, a huge testament. People can watch that on the YouTube channel and you can see, but there was, there's one specific moment in that video where I'm standing, the, the boat is floating, you know, right on the shore, but it's still free floating in the water. And I stand up in it and I pull that big mature buck onto the, onto the boat. Like I'm standing on flat solid ground. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yep, like, Absolutely. The deer is is in the water and I'm pulling him up out and putting him in the boat, standing up without even like almost tipping over. And you could see that in that video. And it's just like to me, that's a testament to what that boat is capable of doing. And uh, I actually did that two days ago on the other boat, too, um, just to do it again. I mean, really, I just wanted to do it again on the video because I think it's cool. Um <laughs> But yeah, I was. What was the original question? I think I went off on a rabbit trail. <laughs> you did. It's all right. the The original segue was how you set up your kayak. <laughs> so, I like how you up, rig it. <laughs> I rig mine up 
like I said, I rig mine up to come out with a deer, right? It's that I want to go in with minimal equipment. I, I don't really do a whole lot of modding or any of that stuff. I, I did a video on it a couple of weeks ago and it's literally a two minute and 30 second video because there's just not a ton, but I'll kind of start from, from the front. So I, I mentioned, I have the, the shotgun. It's like a shotgun mount that new canoe sells that goes with their gear tracks. And that's what I put my bow in. I put my rifle in it um, as well. It's super solid. It's got um, like a, a, a rubber, a rubber piece that goes over the top so you can secure your, weapon on there um that's super super easy to install it's awesome and uh they're really not that expensive from the new canoe website uh moving back a little bit uh i have the 360 the pinnacle 360 seat which they've actually upgraded um to a different style seat it's more of like a millennium like the millennium lock-on yep. style seat yep it's probably what you're gonna get is that right that is what i have yep i had i had the old uh pinnacle version on my old uh new canoe pursuit i gotcha well I think the new one is a far better seat. It looks more comfortable. Drew got one just recently as well, and that's what he has on his. And I'm kind of jealous of you guys. Like I, uh, I thought about just like reaching out to Everett and be like, "Listen, bro, I need that new seat." <laughs> <laughs> it would make me a better deer hunter if I had that new seat. Um, but it's a, it's a sweet, it's a sweet setup. Either seat. Like I haven't really had any issues with my other seat. Right. Um, with the Pinnacle. 360 seat at all but uh, i was never uncomfortable in that seat ever no no i've never been uncomfortable in it either um so that's 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 the the seat that i'm using of course it's on the gear track system as well so you can put it far forward if you want to and i usually with my outboard just because of the way that it um kind of puts pressure on the back end it causes that front end to kind of come up Mm -hmm. a little bit so if i don't have a deer with me um, or I don't have like a heavy load that I have in the front end. I push my seat up pretty far forward when I'm going. Um, after that, I have just like a little milk crate box that I've rigged up that carries like my gas can. It carries my, uh, my safety light, my three three sixty safety light, um, for the dark, uh, which is totally DIY modded. Um, I did that last year and then, uh, it carries my life jacket as well. So at the, at the back end, of course, I have the, the Yamaha 2.5 motor and I put that on, I have the tiller extension. So when I'm far forward, I can steer, basically I can, I can be able to steer my my boat with that, the tiller extension that's from new canoe as well. And, um, I'm trying to think, I keep my pack in between my chair, in between my seat and the milk crate. So I keep my pack behind me all the time. So my open, I have the, the deck space in front of me open for my legs and all that stuff. Um, one of the things that I did this year is, uh, I, I admittedly have not been super safe when it comes to, uh, wearing a, uh, a PDF. Is that right? PFD? Yep. yep. PFD. Uh, PFD, not yep. a PDF. That's a, <laughs> it's that okay. Would be I'm going to let you run with it. <laughs> that'd be a document, but, um, wearing my life jacket. I have that needs to be your next thumbnail. Instead of your life jacket, it needs to be a P, just the word PD, like the, the icon yeah. Adobe PDF Where, across your chest. Wear your PDF. Officer, I was wearing, I was wearing my PDF. That's right. <laughs> uh, um, no, so I haven't been very good about that, but now I have two kids and, um, and a wife that loves me 
and I have a lot to live for. And so I've always thought about like, what if something happens as much as I do this, I guess it's Murphy's law that says if something is going to happen, it will happen. Is that right? Yeah, pretty much. That's, that's Murphy's something law. bad could happen. It's going to happen to me. Yep. Yeah. It's going to happen eventually. I've had some bad things happen. I've had close calls, but never anything terrible. But when you're using that motor, man, there's a lot of, if something bad happens, there's a lot that can actually happen if you were to go overboard. So like most motors, mine has a kill switch and it's got the little, uh, like cable that you clip onto your life jacket or whatever. I modded that. So it's a little bit longer. Um, it clips right to the back of my, of my life jacket. And with that motor, if I were to ever fall in, I would be able to, if I fell in, I would be able to float because I'm now wearing a, a PFD that is light. It's not bulky. It works. It does a good job. It doesn't hinder my movements at all. Um, most of the most of the cushion or flotation in it is more around like the stomach area. So there's nothing there's nothing uh, on the like my shoulders that's going to hinder me from being able to turn around or do what I need to do. Um, and so, uh, but if I were to fall in because it's clipped onto that kill switch, it'll turn off the motor immediately, uh, which is great. And, and I think that's pretty common. Like most people do that. It's just hard to fight, to figure out a way to do that in that kayak, just because you don't have right. nearly as much space that, as you do in a regular boat. And, um, so I did that this year, which makes me feel so much better about, everything every because every time i would go out and i wouldn't have it on i'd be thinking what if this is what if this is the time and if this is the time then i might die you know um yeah it's like wearing a safety harness on a tree you know exactly exactly i was the same way when i when i was using a climber i did not wear a safety harness in a climber because it's kind of just a pain in the butt and i thought every old timer i know has had a bad experience has had a a life-threatening experience in a climber at some point. And as much as I'm out here hunting, it's just a matter of time before I have that happen, which was part of the reason I switched to a saddle because you just, you're always tethered in, which is great. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much my, that's pretty much my whole setup. Um, the other thing was that safety light and using that, actually using that safety light. Um, I've had some, not close calls really, but I've had situations where a boat has whizzed by me um, not necessarily knowing that I was there and that's, that's pretty scary, you know, in the dark. So, um, yeah, that, does that, does that kind of answer your question? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I think, uh, one of my questions for you would be, do you use tethers to keep any of your stuff in your kayak? Like, do you use like a, like a bungee cord or anything to hold onto your bow or your rifle or anything like that? I just made some just out of paracord and cheap carabiners. Um, and that's what I use to keep my bow and my pack all in there. And I just, it's just tied onto the boat, tethered onto the boat with a carabiner. I'll clip, clip my bow, one of the cams or whatever. I actually did have a bad experience, not me, but my dad, uh, several years ago he flipped and we had to end up fishing his, his rifle out of the boat or out of the, out of the water, like 15 or 20 foot deep in dirty water so we couldn't see it we just had to basically we were using a like an anchor one of those uh just small anchors 
and I ended up getting it. But dad flipped in, all of his stuff went in the water, his rifle, which was a very important rifle to him. Uh, my grandfather, who passed away, gave it to him when he was a boy. And so it was, dad was like, I don't care if I can't ever shoot it again. Like, I just want it back. And so we sat there, dad in his undies sitting in the cold water in December. Uh, fished that, <laughs> I fished that thing out with, a, with an anchor. And so it, it ended up being one of those things where I was just like, okay. Like I said, if something bad's going to happen, it will happen eventually. I need to figure this thing out. And so I just made these little, they're not, I mean, they're not like actual paddle leashes or anything. It's just paracord with a carabiner. I put everything that's of value. So my motor is, I have a pretty heavy duty rope attached to the, um, attached to the boat solid. And so there's like a little hole in the front of my motor and I put a carabiner through that. I don't, my motor's never fallen off while I've been going. So I don't know if it would even hold it with the amount of force that that thing has, but it, at least it makes me feel better. Uh, I keep my pack tethered in and my bow tethered in. My pack has all my camera equipment and everything in it. So I don't need to be losing that. Um, so yeah, I definitely do that. That That's my biggest fear here. So moving into the kayaking realm in the dark with a motor, moving at faster than the speed of paddle. Um, I worry about hitting the stumps that we have here and like losing everything. Like if it's all tethered in, obviously I'm going to get those gun racks to where it's, it's, it's like all, you know, secure, but I just want that extra security of knowing that should those fail, should I, you know, somehow manage to violently rock the boat, um, that I've got the security and peace of mind of knowing when I write it, I can just pull that joker up and, and, you know, sure it's soaking wet, but at least I've got it. Yeah, exactly. And I've had, I've had situations, you know, where, uh, last year it, I was on a really, really choppy day and like super choppy. And I was going in at like 10 AM and I was going to hunt the rest of the day, late season. And it was so the, the chop was so bad that like water was coming into my boat. Well, when you're using the motor, you cannot have the scupper plugs unplugged because you'll, you'll drown, you know, you'll just completely, um, fill up your boat. So all this water was coming into the over over the side of the boat. And before I knew it, I looked back and my pack was like floating in the back of my boat <laughs> completely. It happened to be the one day that I did not put my camera in the dry sack that I keep it in in my pack. Like I always keep it in a dry bag in my pack. And that day I did not have it in there and completely it didn't ruin the camera. It actually, I put it in rice for like 10 days and it actually was back to normal. Um, and I believe our buddy, Zach Alsey, actually, I sold it to a guy. The guy didn't, uh, ended up not using it. And so Zach bought it from him. How funny. And, uh, yeah. Zach told me about that the other day, but, uh, I mean, it works, it works fine. Um, but it was a, it took 10 days to dry it out and get, get it back to running normal. Hashtag so. Um, Huh? Hashtag Sony. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Sony strong. It was, um, it, that was, uh, one of those things, but you know, with this style of hunting, you just got to understand that you're going to be tough on gear. Mm -hmm. You're going to be like, I don't really use anything. My rifle is super old. My bow is not an expensive bow. I don't use anything that's like super stinking expensive because there's always a chance that the way that I hunt could, could, could ruin it. And sure. it just ends up being a waste of money. Yeah. 
Well, so let's before we go, why don't we talk about this shoe system that you've got? Because this is really exciting to me, and I know you've you you've been amped about it. You've been talking to me and Adam about it a lot. So kind of outline this for everybody real quick. In my in my uh, um, basement, in my uh, I have like a a shelf that has all the boots that I have ever owned, pretty much. And before I started hunting this way, I pretty well could stick to. I had like one or two pairs that I would wear and it was lacrosse and mucks. Um, I had those and they worked great. They were fine. Well, with this style of hunting, especially where I hunt. So I'm hunting water access where I have to have a waterproof boot. I'm always going to be knee deep in water every time I hunt, just putting my motor on, getting out of the boat. Like I'm always going to be in mud and water no matter what every day. So I need to have something not like crispy or, uh, Loa or, you know, some of those high end brands that are waterproof, but I just have to have it up to my knees. Like it's just necessary. So rubber boots has been about the only way to do it. Currently I've been hunting this way for five years and I now have like 12 different pairs of boots on that rack that are all useless to me at this point. Um, and I don't think that we're, do you want me to name off the kind of boots that they are? I don't know if you want me to. Okay. So I've got lacrosse which uh actually before i do that i'll talk about my the terrain so i'm hunting water access but i'm also hunting mountains so every time i get up out of the water i'm climbing right like rocky rocky terrain tons of briars um it's just it's what you it's the foothills of the appalachian mountains is really where i'm hunting and so it's steep it's rocky it's rough it's rugged and it's also wet. So I got to have all something that is good for all those. So obviously people in my area who hunt this same type of terrain are using those high, high end names like crispy and, and they're doing great for them for a lot of years, but I just can't use that. And so, um, I've got lacrosse and they, they tore up after one year. I've used a pair of bogs that tore up after one Turkey season. Uh, I have the Irish setter, I think that's what it is. The Irish Setter Vapor Trek um, snake boots, which I thought were going to be great because they're built rugged and they're good for hiking. Um, and they're supposed to be waterproof knee high. But I mean, they last, they didn't even finish turkey season this year before they lost all their waterproof. And so those, those suck. Like when I was in Tennessee hunting, I was wearing them and just walking through a wet field would fill them up with water. And so they were crap and they were like 200 bucks. Uh, let's see what else have I done. I've done the Tide Wee, which lasted uh, the first month of this season before they got a hole in them. Um, but granted, they were fifty eight dollars. So they right. I was that. about to say, of all of them, they're the ones you kind of could have expected that after a short time. Exactly. Yeah. My my whole thought process was, if these last a season, then and go out, then that's fine. They're only fifty eight dollars. I'll replace them every year. Um, they didn't even last. I mean, I want to say they got a hole in them in Kentucky while I was in Kentucky, which was the first trip of the season, really. So they didn't make it long and they're not ultra comfortable either. Uh, but, you know, I think they make a, a decent product for somebody who's not doing this style of hunting. Uh, let's see what else. I got some uh, some Academy uh, like snake boots that don't have any tread. They're like leather. Um, they they're not great for for hiking now i will say that they're still in good condition if i were still hunting like texas 
and places like that where I wasn't hiking hills and rocks and stuff, they'd be great. Uh, let's see. I've got some Under Armour. Under Armour. Uh, I can't even tell you the name of the boot, but they're they're decent. They're hikers, and they do a decent job, but they're not great. The reason I bought them is I was going to try like a waterproof gator with those and see if that would work, but it didn't work. Once the water went over the ankle mark, it pretty much just got soaked. So I have, I, I just have, I have some mucks that I've used. Um, I got all kinds of boots, man, that in that short amount of time, they've all went out and it's frustrating as crap. It really, like I've spent over a thousand dollars on freaking boots and still had not found something that would work. So that brings us to, I don't know, my birthday, October of this year. I had been looking at the rock slide forums, which is like a lot of Western and like uh, far north Canada, Alaska. They have a lot of that like caribou type stuff um, that a lot of these guys, um, but they're hunting those really wet climates. They're using these uh, like like hip waders with a, with a neoprene sock and a wading boot that drains. And so I purchased the Chota wading boot hybrid hikers. So they have a good tread on them and they have drains on the sides, like a mesh drain with the Chota hippie um, hip waders. And it's got a sock in it and I've used them now for a week and they are super freaking rugged. Your foot stays really dry. You don't even notice that there's water actually in the boot because the neoprene sock keeps your foot from feeling any of that moisture. Um, so I can wear a sock underneath it. The foot, the, the boots fit big so that your neoprene sock plus your regular sock can fit. Um, and I'm going to do a video review on these pretty soon because it is, in my opinion, the best system that I've found for this style of hunting. Even if you're hunting in Florida, um, yeah, I can where see where it is. Yeah. Swamps. Dude, it's awesome. You never know how, how tall or how deep one of those swamps is going to be. Mm-hmm. And you can just, you can put these Chota hippie waders, you can fold them down to where they go below your knee, or you can put them all the way up to your, your hip. And, and I mean, it's awesome. Like it's, I cannot explain how good I feel about figuring this out because that was one of the, the things in my system that I've been lacking for a while and so i'm really excited about them and i also did a drag like a a half mile drag two days ago with this with these boots which i really would put them to the test Mm -hmm. and uh and they work great like they were super comfortable it was awesome well we'll have to include a link to that video in the show notes if they're ready but at a bare minimum links to those chodas because i had to do some digging to find them when you sent them to me before when you told me about them because uh, I never heard of a system like this, but I honestly think down in South Florida, it might appeal to a lot of those guys. Yeah, absolutely. Now, the the one thing about it is if you're in a snaky area, you might have to wear some snake gaiters as well um, because they're not going to obviously stop a snake bite, but they're very breathable. You don't feel like you're wearing hip waders like Dan's or some of the other brands out there that are like super thick. Um, you feel like you're just wearing pants. They just feel like they're your pants. So I really like them. I think it's going to be great, and I think a lot of guys will benefit from them. That's awesome, man. Well, I hate to do this, but I do have to run. I appreciate you taking the time, man. Why don't you remind everybody where they can find Southern Ground Hunting, and hopefully we can get together uh, and do some water access videos together. Heck, yeah, that'd be awesome. So uh, you can find us on YouTube, search Southern Ground Hunting, uh, Instagram, at Southern Ground Hunting, all over case, all one word, and on Facebook, 
at Southern Ground Hunting. We're also on the uh, Sportsman's Nation podcast network where you can listen to the podcast there. We also have our own feed where you can just listen to Southern Ground. Um, anywhere podcasts can be found. And, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much everything. Awesome, dude. Well, guys, I hope this has inspired you to look at that on X Maps, look a little harder at areas that you could maybe access via kayak, and, and give it a, a shot. It's something we're going to be doing, working on some videos. But most importantly, no matter what you do, get outside and enjoy the great outdoors.